This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. I'm in conversation with Commander Leviticus Lewis, United States Navy, retired. Commander Lewis served for 20 years as a surface warfare officer in a variety of assignments, including command. He spent the next 20 years working the federal government. His latest assignment is FEMA detailee assigned to the NASA Planetary Defense Coordination Office as a Planetary Defense Program Officer. Leviticus, welcome to Radio Stockdale. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for inviting me. This is going to be a very interesting conversation, especially with what you did last month. We'll get to that in a second. Let me ask you this. What is meant by planetary defense? Okay, good question. Planetary defense is a term used to encompass all the capabilities that we need to detect and warn a possible asteroid or comet impact with the Earth and then either prevent them or mitigate their possible effects. Now, that's a good definition, but tell me why NASA even has a planetary defense coordination office. So the office was actually uh, officially established in 2016, but there's been legislation uh, from Congress and a report by the National Inspector General where part of their portfolio before was tracking all near-Earth objects and figuring out where they are in their orbits and stuff. And basically, based on what's happening with this could be a real big emergency, uh, who uh, Congress wanted to make sure that the protocols were established for warning and uh, emergency response for this. And NASA, of course, took the lead from this. And after some internal reviews, it was decided to formally establish a Planetary Defense Coordination Office. So what do you mean by a near-Earth object? So near-Earth objects are asteroids and comets that orbit the sun like the planets, but their orbits can bring them into Earth's neighborhood. And astronomically, that's within 30 million miles of the Earth's orbit. Uh, NEOs are of great interest to the science uh, community because it's basically applied planetary science. And we want to get, uh, when these objects get within 5 million miles of the Earth's orbit, uh, asteroids of a particular size, 30 to 50 meters, can cause real damage on, on Earth. So last month, Leviticus, you were in California at Vandenberg Space Force Base. Tell me what happened. So at Vandenberg, it was great. On uh, November 23rd, we launched the DART, the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, on board a Falcon 9. And that's our first planetary defense mission where we're going to be examining one of the techniques that could be used to mitigate uh, potential habit from a near-Earth object, and we're going to impact a spacecraft into a binary asteroid system. So we're taking this out of science fiction into reality and actually spending money, time, and intellect on it. Tell me tell me what we're doing here with the, with the asteroids involved. So basically, we're going to launch a spacecraft. It's about the size of a very small car, and we're going to launch it toward an asteroid called Didymos which is a binary system. It has a small moon called Dimorphos uh, orbiting it. This asteroid is considered a near-Earth object, but it's in a very well-defined object and is no threat to the Earth whatsoever. 
But the reason it's a good opportunity is that this small moon, Didymos, is orbiting this object, which is going to pass close to the Earth so that we could do ground observations of it as it gets as it passes by the Earth. So the idea is to uh, impact the dark spacecraft at approximately 15,000 miles per hour and affect the orbit of uh, Dimorphos. So we only want to change it by a, that impact should cause a, uh, a change of velocity, maybe a, uh, less than 10 seconds, but that'll be enough to change the orbit. So what we want to do is measure that change, and then that will prove out uh, one of the mitigation methods, the kinetic impactor method, as a viable way of uh, mitigating uh, the threat from a near-Earth object. So we've seen the Hollywood blockbusters, Armageddon and Deep Impact, which imagine flights carrying nuclear bombs to destroy those targets. How is DART different? Well, DART is a very, very small spacecraft. It has no explosives on it. If you guys remember your physics, it's kinetic energy, right? Something going very fast is going to impact a lot of force. And the object is not to destroy the moon. Because if you think of it, that would defeat the purpose of what we're trying to do. Because instead of having now one target, if you destroy, you might have many targets. So that's not the objective. And it's small on purpose. So the idea is to see if this kinetic impactor idea, which is uh, theory, works in practicality. Let me ask the elephant in the room question. Is there any possibility that this experiment will direct either of those asteroids into Earth orbit and into the Earth? No, that question has been asked uh, when this was first proposed. Uh, it's, uh, the reason it's picked is because of the distance it is away and because it is a binary system. And we're not affecting the main object. The main object, of course, as Didymos, we're only uh, impacting the small moon that's orbiting it. And it's not enough force to make it crash into impact the uh, main object or anything like that. That is something that has been very, very carefully considered before this particular asteroid was chosen. When will we know whether or not this experiment actually worked? So DART's on its way. Uh, we're doing the commissioning process for it right now. The spacecraft is healthy and on its way. In about uh, nine to 10 months, it should be arriving. And also, uh, you know, the European, our European colleagues are also, the European Space Agency is flying a mission called HERA, which will be uh, uh, lifting off in about two years that I'll actually fly to the same asteroid and actually examine uh, what the dark impact crater looks like and actually measure uh, the dimensions of the orbit and any other kind of scientific data that we can gain other than the uh, ground observations that we're going to do be doing as Tudemos flies past us. So this was pretty exciting, but I would say in, in a couple of years, uh, there's probably going to be more reports written out on what happened. We would have some definitive information on whether the kinetic impactor method works. And then we'll have something in our toolbox to respond to if we have the, the time to work on uh, mitigating a possible threat to the Earth from asteroids. So let's get into the ethics of this work, which is really the, uh, the sum total of, of these podcasts. And I'll just call them nuclear bombs in space. Uh, for instance, do we allow countries to stockpile nuclear weapons in space for this or any other reasons we're aware of? 
Yeah, Michael, I, I don't know. I, I would choose not to describe this report word in, in an ethical context. Uh, the method that we've been tasked to investigate is, is to protect all of the Earth from the hazard of an asteroid or comet impact. There are other experts who are more qualified to talk on the topics of weapons in space. And again, like I said before, we really don't want to blow it up. That would create a larger debris field. And that's not NASA's focus or the focus of this mission. So we're talking about some pretty interesting things here where you know one state actor, maybe a group of state actors actually make the determination to deflect an object in space. Is there an international agency that is actually looking at the ethics of moving that? Let's say you know that object is deflected someplace else. That might be on the planet Earth also. That could be problems. Who's in charge of that? So I'm not going to say, Michael, as far as the ethical decision, but I will say that this is an international effort. The Planetary Defense Coordination Office also coordinates with space agencies of other nations as a member of a multinational uh, group. There are two of them, the International Asteroid Warning Network and the Space Missions Planning Advisory Group. These are under the endorsement of the United Nations Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space. So there's not just one person or one nation that's uh, that's going to be in charge of everything regarding planetary defense. I know that you have been looking to the skies for quite some time. You're a former Navy officer having commanded a ship in the U.S. Navy. How did your experience in a Navy uniform tie into the work you're doing with NASA today, especially with planetary defense? Wow, that's an interesting question. I kind of think about that, but, you know, I thank you for the opportunity to reflect on this uh, after all of this time. Um, so 20 years in the Navy as a service officer, mostly operations, but I, I, I think I tend to think of myself somewhat as an action junkie. I like being in the know and being part of the solution. So overall, I think the Navy prepared me to be ready for anything and not be afraid of doing new things. You know, when I was a detailer, uh, everybody knows what those are. I used to ask, what did you have different or an assignment that was different or out of the box? So, uh, you know, I ended up serving in a fleet training unit, went to the War College, uh, did a tour as one of the first PCS Navy officers assigned to UN headquarters in the peacekeeping department at the retirement. You know, I was a defense contractor, was in the Pentagon uh, on 9-11, uh, ended up being in TSA and FEMA, even had a tour with the FBI National Joint Terrorism Task Force. So, you know, I've always been interested in space and science stuff. So in my career at FEMA, I had an opportunity to work on uh, planetary defense issues uh, officially as part of my duties since uh, 2010. So not a stranger to it. But like you said, uh, my Navy experience taught me not to be afraid of challenges and be prepared for anything. Learn all you can, but have fun too. Leviticus Lewis, former Naval officer and FEMA representative to NASA. Thank you for joining us on Radio Stockdale. Thanks, Michael. It's been a great pleasure. You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts.